When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now from the ESPN studios in New York City, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Plus, listen and watch on the ESPN app. We're keeping all the positive vibes we can right now for DeMar Hamlin, who is in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, it is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance want to remind you that drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Dominique Foxworth was on Get Up this morning, ESPN football analyst. And Dominique, of course, is a former president of the Players Association and had some strong words uh, this morning, not just for um everything that transpired last night, but also kind of a theme of what we've been discussing today, the the dehumanization of athletes that kind of in moments like this, unfortunately, it seems to be what it takes, gets wiped away. And we wish that we saw it a little bit more. Here's Dominique from this morning. One of the more surprising things is like how angry I felt last night. Mm. And I think a lot of people probably felt angry because I had to like throw my phone in the corner and I left my hotel and I just walked around the city for a couple hours because looking at social media, everyone's mad at Roger Goodell for not acting fast enough. You're mad at football. You're mad at this. You're mad at all because you don't know what to do with that emotion. And I understand people process differently, but watching everyone else get angry made me angry, frankly, because, and this is where my union background, I think ties in some Mm. is y'all don't give a damn about us for real. You know, and that's what, like, really pisses me off is everyone's up in arms and everyone's, like, grandstanding to a degree about how much you care about these players and how much you are praying for them. But football's not going to go away, nor do I want it to go away. It's far too lucrative and people love it too much, including the players. But what I would hope is that away from moments like this, you remember that these things can happen. The thing that... It strikes me about football in particular, and I, you and I, you and I have had this discussion off the air. The physical abuse that your body is put to, and over the last fifteen or twenty years, it's been more public with all of the concussion stuff and and all those kinds of things. And you see just horrible stories about what guys have had to deal with later in life as a result of this. Mm-hmm. But just the idea the physicality of it, of the pain that you live with every day physically that nobody would ever remotely understand. No, and and you're absolutely right. The things that these players put themselves through in order to compete at this level, both in the here and now, but then also later on in life, I, I think that's something that a lot of fans are ignorant to. And when we start talking about dehumanizing the athlete, fans being unaware of that or choosing not to pay attention to some of the things that folks like Dominique and leadership in the NFLPA try to draw attention to is what's frustrating 
for players when you see the selective concern and outrage in moments like what we saw last night. That's why Neek was fired up. And I think he brings up a great point about fans not caring about the players. And I'm not going to paint with a broad brush because I'm not saying that this is everybody. But more often than not, when a player is going through a contract dispute with the team or when the union is going through a CBA negotiation with the league office and you're hearing this back and forth, nobody cares about the things that the players are advocating for. All they want to see is football. And players are not asking you to feel sorry for them, but we do want fans to understand the risk that we're incurring in order to provide this entertainment. And that's the part that gets lost on us by and large until we have moments like what happened with DeMar Hamlin last night. For particular fans who get outraged by that stuff, who like it, that to me is the only moment of humanization that, and I'm not saying all fans, the particular fans who criticize players for trying to go and get the most money, especially in the NFL. Well, here's the thing, Carl. Th- This is where they're actually viewing them as most human when they call them greedy. Well, here, here, here's <laughs> Prior what I, to what they here, actually here, see on here, the field. Here's what I will say, Carlin. I actually understand where fans are coming from because the teams are going to be around a lot longer than the players are. Mm-hmm. The average career span in the National Football League is four years. We get it. We understand it. But players have worked their entire lives to have this opportunity to monetize their athletic ability for a finite period of time. All we're asking for is the opportunity to advocate for ourselves when it comes to having better working conditions, better health and safety protocols, and more financial security. And why are we asking for those things? Because we have to deal with the reality of what we saw on that football field last night. Think about what you saw from Josh Allen and Steph Diggs, Carlin, teammates of DeMar's. They were sobbing. They were crying. They were praying. A lot of concern for their teammate, but also concern for themselves. You can't help but think about yourself in that moment because you are faced not only with your football mortality, you're faced with your your own mortality and knowing what you're putting on the line every time you put that helmet on. And so what Neek is trying to get at As fans of the game, let's keep things in their proper perspective. The quality of life that these athletes experience while they're in the NFL, when they transition away from the NFL, matter as much as them trying to provide you this entertainment that you watch on Sunday, on Monday night, on Thursday night. It matters. So when you have that that, that concern that you had for DeMar in that moment last night, have that concern for all of the players in the National Football League and the guys that were a part of the National Football League that no longer play because it all matters. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And we're going to be hitting the Dr. Pepper call-in line quite a bit today because we do want to hear from you and hear whether you just want to talk about what happened or share your experience of watching what happened. We want to get your perspective on this situation. And again, the very latest is that he is in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital, but there is no new update from doctors or from anyone else. His family uh, put out a statement uh, thanking everyone for their support and their generosity 
uh, in supporting his toy drive, which last night uh, raised over $4 million remarkably. Let's go to Mark in Ohio next on ESPN Radio. Mark, you're on with Canty and Carlin. What's up, bud? Yeah, guys, how you doing? Um, Good. I just want to say that, you know, there unfortunately is a precedence for this. I was in the stadium in 1970 when Chuck Hughes died. Um, uh, you guys might not be familiar with the story, but they were playing the Bears, and he went out for a pass as a backup receiver and collapsed on the field and died. I remember Dick Butkus being extremely agitated and running to the sidelines. Um, I still remember that. I'm 65 years old. I still remember that clearly. And the other thing is that the game resumed. It, it, it kind of showed you how much things have changed with the information age, the, the fact that people are able to instantaneously access this kind of information. Because back then, the league just – they didn't sweep it under the rug, but they just said, well, the game just goes on. You know, thank God that we've got things in place now where people are aware of these situations, the ramifications, and the importance – of these type of events. And and when I was a kid, I remember thinking there's, you know, why are they still playing the game? You know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, with Chuck Hughes or not, but unfortunately, like I said, there is a precedence now. Yeah. He passed, he passed away from a heart attack uh, on the field. Um, listen, the other thing that we also need to uh, keep in mind as much as possible is that we're all hoping this young man's going to be okay. Yeah. And that's the, the one thing I, there are so many different things to consider when you're talking about this, but um, I've seen this a lot over the last day or so uh, that we start to accidentally talk about him in the past tense. And this is uh, still very much a, a, per, a present tense situation. And look, you don't prepare for this. And as you said, I thought it was I- incredibly um, revealing when you said this earlier you understand as a player what you are doing when you go on the field, but you don't remotely consider it. No, because you believe that you're going to defy the odds just like you defied the odds in order to have an opportunity to be a part of the National Football League in the first place. Think about some of the places that these athletes come from, you know, tough places like where DeMar came from outside of Pittsburgh. It's not... It's not a rosy picture, Carlin, in terms of having a clear path in order to get to where they're at. And think about all of the different people that had to pour into them in order for them to even have the opportunity. His family, his friends that supported him in order for him to work his way up, be a standout in high school, to to go to Pitt, to be a standout there, to be drafted into the National Football League. And Carlin, in his second year, be a starter on Monday Night Football in a consequential game against the Cincinnati Bengals with his team having the hopes of having the number one seed in the AFC. That takes a lot of work and that takes a lot of effort, but it also takes a lot of belief and a lot of confidence that you can defy the odds. You never once entertain the possibility that it could be you. And for everything to change in an instant, in a moment, the way that it did last night, it's scary for all of us. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Here's Coley Harvey, ESPN reporter, out in Cincinnati, monitoring the situation uh, on what's going on with DeMar Hamlin as we speak. This was his report from earlier on why we may not be getting information 
anytime soon. We won't have any major uh, updates for the first 24 hours after these events because doctors typically will sedate and cool patients in these moments in order to, to work on the brain function. They want to preserve the brain function. After that 24-hour period expires, that's when they'll begin to wake that person up and try to see what brain function they, they, they have. So typically speaking, when this is done the way that it should, the prognosis can be good is what I'm hearing from cardiologists who I've spoken to. That's, uh, that's the kind of news that is promising. Again, we don't have that for certain. These are doctors who I've spoken to who are not actually seeing DeMar, who are not in this room right now. I want to make that clear. But it is at least news that we can take uh, as a grain of salt at this moment in time as we try to hear more and more promising updates on the status of this Bills player. Yeah, and Carlin, here's the thing. I, I think that today is a day where we have to praise the NFL for their response and their decision-making in light of the events that took place last night with DeMar. Yeah. Today is not a day to criticize the NFL. It's just not. The preparedness from the medical staff, the athletic trainers, the first responders that were at the stadium, the EMT crew. Carlin, I mean, it was it was as good as you could hope for. And it wasn't by happenstance that all of that fell together. The NFL had an action plan. They had the route for the ambulance to get to the level one trauma center. They practice in the offseason and during training camp. While players are practicing, they're practicing to be able to know what to do in situations like what took place with DeMar last night, a cardiac arrest. They were able to stabilize him on the field. They were able to perform CBR, and they had the defibrillator on hand to get his heart back started. That is the NFL taking health and safety protocols and applying it and making it a potential life-saving measure. I, I just, I, To me, today is a day to praise the NFL. I know we're all scared, Carlin, and when we're scared and where something happens that we don't quite understand, we want to find somebody to blame. Yeah. Th- there's nobody to blame in this situation. Here's this, what we this, know. This is just a terrible, terrible event, but there is yeah. nobody to blame for what happened to DeMar Hamlin last and, night. And let's let's also not get caught up in, again, not offering opinions on this stuff, but getting caught up in the details of what happened when, when the most important detail was that those professionals were in place and ready to go, whether or immediately. not immediately, immediately, and were and and recognized immediately their need. When they decided to cancel the game or postpone the game, I I, I don't care, I don't care. Well, ultimately, well, ultimately that happened. Well, well, here's the other thing, Colin. With that going on, the priority is Demar's health. Yeah. Who gives a damn about making sure that everybody else knows that the game is going to be canceled? So what the fans had to hang around for for a little while longer just to see what was going to happen? They're trying who to make can, an, an informed decision. Who cares that the players had to go into the locker room and sit and wait because they didn't know what was going on? Everybody in the NFL was mobilized to focus on the care and the attention that the staff there was given to DeMar, which was appropriate. Carlin, they suspended the game. They came to the right decision. So what that it took a while before it was formally announced? I can understand that. In times of crisis, Carlin, communication is a little bit slow. That happens. It happens. It's understandable. We're talking about a young man's life being at risk. 
in that moment. That is the priority, and that's where the focus was. And so, again, I'll reiterate, today is not a day to criticize the NFL. Don't call our show trying to criticize the NFL for not canceling it sooner. No. Don't do that. It was not about when it happened. It was about the fact that it happened, and that's ultimately all that mattered. Let's hit Alex in uh, Rhode Island up next on ESPN Radio. Alex, what's up? Hey, guys. How you all doing today? We're good, man. How are you? Doing all right. I was watching last night with my wife. Uh, we just, you know, our son had just gone to bed, you know, had to go back to school first day after winter break and all that. And, you know, it's, he's 11, been playing Pop Warner for a little while. And, you know, we're watching this and, you know, we're saying prayers for DeMar Hamlin and we're worried. And I start thinking about my son and, like, I love football and he loves football. But that, that thing creeps into your head, you know, like, you know football is violent. You know that there's this inherent risk but we've kind of forgotten it and or ignored it. And then when something this tragic happens, you know, you, you're praying for DeMar Hamlin, but you start to think about your kids. And you're like, God, do we really want them playing? You know, and you feel guilty too, right? Because you want to just focus on the health of DeMar Hamlin, but it's just hard not to think about your kids who want to play this game that you played and, and everyone enjoys, you know, we love wearing our jerseys and watching the games as a family. It's something we do, but, Man, it scares you. It scares you a lot. Something that you, you know, just kind of took for granted was always going to be okay. And now it scares you. And it's just, it's just so many mixed emotions going through all of this. And, you know, you, you feel for him and his family and hope it'll all work out. You think about your family. There's just a lot going on. Well, as Chris pointed out earlier, the, the first thing that those players are thinking about is DeMar's health. And in the next moment, it could have been me. Mm-hmm. It could have been me. Yeah, it's a natural response to have, Carlin, and we shouldn't feel guilty for thinking those thoughts. And when it comes to what happened to DeMar, it, it, again, I don't want to speculate because we don't know the cause mm-hmm. of the cardiac arrest that he experienced. But, Carlin, it, it doesn't feel like this is something that was preventable by having more health and safety measures in place. I don't feel like anybody dropped the ball last night. I, I don't. And that's why, uh, again, I, I'll say that there is no bad guy when it comes to what happened to DeMar last night. And no. I get that there is a concern by a lot of parents around whether football is safe or not when it comes to the head and neck injuries that we've seen with two and others this year. I get that. With this, it feels like this is a completely different injury. This is different in nature. And this is something that you nor I have ever seen in the National Football League. I mean, Carlin, I'm 40 years old. I've never seen it. I've never heard about anything quite like this, what DeMar Hamlin experienced last night, at least in my lifetime. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, there's been reaction that has been uh, flowing in from all over the place. And we will hear from Aaron Rodgers in just a little bit uh, and get his reaction. He was on the Pat McAfee show as he is on Tuesdays. And uh, we'll hear from him in just a little bit. We'll also hear from Dr. Jennifer Haith, from a cardiologist from Columbia University, on uh, exactly what the primary concerns are uh, in the coming days here for DeMar Hamlin for physicians and Mike Tomlin as well who has known him since he was 12 or 13 years old, being a young man who is from Pittsburgh. So we are going to keep you covered and uh, updated and give you as much perspective as we can 
uh, throughout the course of the day. It's obviously a very different show, but we'll get you any information that we have as we move forward uh, as it becomes available. It is Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt Stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans sign up today new users get a bet reset up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win download espn bet today what a play must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now from the ESPN studios in New York City, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Plus, listen and watch on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Aaron Rodgers was uh, earlier today on the Pat McAfee Show, as he does weekly, and he was speaking of the DeMar Hamlin situation, but particularly uh, impressed with how uh, not just the direct people involved, but also the, the coaching staff and Zach Taylor of the Bengals handled the situation. When I turned it on, they had just like come back from break and said, all right, they're going to give him five minutes and throw him back out there. And I was thinking, what? Yeah. So I, I do want to say this as well. Like, I think one person who deserves a lot of credit in the situation is coach Taylor. I saw him walk across the field and just the empathy that I saw in his face and the way he handled that thing. And then obviously, cause coach McDermott, I mean like, oh. this is your guy, right? Like, and he was going through it, but just the way that he, it wasn't even a question. No, we're not going to play this game. What are you talking about? Do you need more time? Do you need any time? You want to even play? I mean, that felt like that was a conversation right there. So Big kudos to, to Zach for not saying, "Up, oh, hey, let's no, we're gonna play this. Oh, you got five minutes, okay? I know it's you know, you're, you're you know the there could have been so many insensitive, you know, obviously in the moment and also hindsight for sure moments that uh, that could have been had right there. But I thought he handled that thing the exact right way. Well, he didn't waste any time to walk across the field and have a discussion, and it, it, more than anything, it just seemed as if Zach Taylor was deferring to how his own players were feeling and more specifically how the Buffalo Bills were feeling in the moment. And that was particularly impressive. Yeah. And I think we saw that from both coaches last night, Carlin. I mean, you saw the empathy yep. from Sean McDermott and him hugging his players, Josh Allen, Steph Diggs and others. You, you, you could feel it. Uh, it was a situation where they had the cameras in the bowels of the stadium and you could see the two coaches huddle up with legal officials 
having a conversation and both Zach and Sean being on the cell phone and talking with somebody presumably from Park Avenue about what was about to take place and what was the best path forward for all involved. So I think all of those things um, in that moment matter in terms of the players feeling seen uh, and the NFL doing a good job of humanizing the athletes, which is not something that they have a great track record of. And so I think we have to give the NFL, the coaching staffs, the personnel that was on on hand, all the credit in the world with how they handled the events last night. Yeah, and listen, nobody's going around taking bows today for that. But just the idea that there was no time wasted in any situation and everything that needed to be in place in case of a horrible emergency like that was in place. Yeah. We hope that this ultimately just saved the life of this young man. Yeah, young man. and here's the thing, Carlin. I don't think anybody from the league office is looking to take any bows with no. anything. They're not. That, no. that, that last night was their worst nightmare come true, Carlin. Primetime television on ABC. That's not the type of publicity that the NFL is looking for. It's just not. But they did have all of those measures in place, the medical staff in place, the athletic trainers knew how to respond in diagnosing the injury. And you're hoping that the techniques that they teach these individuals in the offseason and during training camp save DeMar's life. Canty and Carla, ESPN Radio. Let's talk to Tony in California up next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Tony. Hey, hey what's going on, fellas? First of all, uh, really appreciate you guys giving the fans a line. Uh, to speak because there's not many shows that are doing that right now. And uh, just, you know, I'm a, I'm a 51-year-old construction worker. And, you know, sometimes uh, we get a little crazy as fans. But we also, you know, some of these football players especially, we watch from high school into college, into the pros. Uh, sometimes they switch teams in college. They get hurt in the pros. And we root for these guys. So, you know, as a fan, it's always player first in my book, man. And, uh, you know, I, I really hope as other fans treat it that way too. But my big point, my big point coming after this and thinking about it today is, uh, man, if, if you can go ahead and take a CPR class, right? Go ahead and take that CPR class. You never know. You could be the person saving a life easily, getting that person to a hospital and getting the medical attention. It's an easy thing to do. You know, if anything comes out of this, maybe more people will take CPR classes and uh, be able to save people's lives, man. Great call, but, Tony. Uh, Great call. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Listen, um, it, it, that's what it's all about. It, it, seeing people respond the way that they did all around last night, from what happened on the field to the coaching staffs to the players to people around the country and the way they have responded in support of this young man. No, it, it, he, he's absolutely right. And, and Carlin, the response just lets you know that this is something that impacts everybody. This is something that everybody felt in that moment while we're watching that game. You're watching seasoned broadcasters in Joe Buck and Troy Aikman be at a loss for words. Mm-hmm. Lisa Salters holding back tears, Carlin, as she's trying to give us the information. All professionals, all doing an outstanding job for the company, but also you noticed that there was the human element to it. They were emoting as they were trying to do their jobs, Carlin. Everybody felt something watching what was playing out last night on Monday Night Football. You you can't be a person and not feel something. 
And so I think in those moments where we do have that solidarity and we're all hoping for the same outcome, I think it's important for us to keep things in their proper perspective when it comes to these athletes and making sure that we see them as people. Because it's easy to dismiss them as people when they're competing against our favorite team or when athletes are at the negotiating table with the owners and they're fighting for better working conditions, better protocols, more financial security. I think last night helps us focus on what the most important aspect of this game is, which is the people, which is the men that play it. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Up next, we're going to talk to somebody who has an incredibly unique perspective on this. Twelve years ago, uh, he was right at the center of a very similar situation. Eric Legrand will join us in just moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now from the ESPN studios in New York City, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Plus, listen and watch on the ESPN app. So much of what we've been talking about today has surrounded DeMar Hamlin, and hopefully that young man is going to be okay. Uh, the very latest is he is in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital. That came in a statement from the league just a little while ago when they announced that the game from last night would not be resumed this week, and they have not made a final decision on how they will approach that. Meanwhile, 12 years ago uh, in October, Eric Legrand suffered a spinal cord injury on a play uh, on a kickoff in a play uh, for Rutgers against Army. And Eric joins us right now. And uh, Eric, as always, we appreciate it. It's Chris Carlin and Chris Canty. And I can't help but Think you were the first person, uh, you and and my partner here, the first people I'm thinking about as you're watching, as I was watching that unfold last night. I'm wondering what was going through your mind as that was unfolding with Demar Hamlin. Hey, Chris, my brother, it's always good to talk to you, and uh, Chris Canty. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, it's funny because I was actually watching the Rutgers basketball game, and obviously they upset number one Purdue, and uh, I was all excited, and you know you know, happy over here and enjoying myself. Then you go on Twitter, and then I saw the play getting out by just emotions just went deflated, honestly. They just deflated. I didn't know what to think of this situation. And then every time something like that happens, whether if it's a concussion, a spinal cord injury, and then something like we saw last night, which we've never saw, 
my mind always goes back to that moment, Chris, when I was laying on that turf. Eric, a part of what everyone uh, in the medical profession that that's being asked to speak about this today, a part of what they talk about is just the response that's necessary when dealing with an incident of this nature. And, and, and I'm sure the response in your situation was absolutely critical. Can you walk us through just what happens in that moment and what was the response that, that you, that you got from the medical professionals in that moment that, uh, that uh, assisted you while you were going through that event? Yeah, I was fully coherent and I was, I was conscious. So I remember the whole thing when the trainers came running up to me asking me, is it your head or neck? And at the time I couldn't breathe. I felt like I got the wind knocked out of me. So I was literally trying to push air out and saying, I can't breathe. Just like that. And then Coach Shiano comes and he looks over me and says, E, you have to pray right now. And when he told me to start praying, honestly, you know, I'm praying for a gasp of air or anything to happen. But I thought at one point that my life was over as I laid on that turf and I would close my eyes and thought that was it. But the response of getting me off that field within seven minutes honestly was critical for my recovery and helped me to be where I am today because I was in that ambulance and on the way to the hospital in seven minutes. Eric Legrand, who suffered a spinal cord injury 12 years ago, and was in a a similar type situation uh, as we saw unfold last night uh, in Cincinnati, joins us right now. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm just wondering, um, Eric, you have long been an advocate for the game and continued to be so after the fact. Just from a playing perspective, for those who watch that and worry about the overall health and, and people who play the game, just your perspective after having gone through everything that you have when it comes to player safety? Yeah, I mean, I think when we when we strap up these, these helmets, kids, you know this, we, all, we know the risk that we take, but we don't think about it until something happens. And nowadays I feel like, you know, obviously there's a lot more attention on injuries and player safeties and things of that nature, but it's a violent game with grown men running full speed into each other. So there's always that it's not going to happen until it does happen or this won't ever happen to me type of situation. And then when you see it as a player, I mean, your heart goes right up. Obviously we battle on the gridiron. You know, we talk junk and stuff to each other. That's the mm-hmm. game. But as soon as something like this happens, all of that goes away. It's all about that, that brother that's laying there on that turf that's hurt that's going through, you know, so many different emotions through your team and as a player. I mean, the game is always going to be violent because it's football, and we're trying to make it as safe as possible. It's just these freak situations that are truly eye-opening, and it's unfortunate that they are a part of the game and that stuff like this happens, even though we have never seen something like this before. Eric, every time something like this happens, it becomes a referendum on football, and there are a lot of parents out there today that are questioning whether or not they believe it's safe for their child to play football and is it worth it or not. What would be your message to those people that that have that level of concern after watching what took place on Monday Night Football last night? I understand it, and I get it coming from a parent, you know, that, you know, that, that watching my mom, obviously, loved to put me through football. And, and obviously back in the, late, in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, wasn't as prominent. Now a lot of parents are very – nervous about it, but I always try to tell people if they say, would you let your kids play? If I ever have kids, you know, 
I say, if you love the game of football and you respect the game of football and give it your all, I would 100% let my kids go play because of the lessons that the game teaches you, the brotherhood that it brings together, learning that family atmosphere, becoming a leader, setting you up for life after football. I believe those are the qualities that you get from the game. Injuries, yes, they do happen, and you never want anything significant as my injury or the Mars injury and things of that nature. But, you know, the game of football, I just, I, I love it. Yes, this happened to me 12 years ago. I don't have any animosity towards the game of football, but it's just something that, you know, unfortunately these injuries happen, and I feel like we need to, tell, you know, we need to be able to share these stories and share these moments of, you know, feeling because a lot of times we think we're gladiators and untouchable on that football field, but when this, when stuff like this happens, it's a moment for all of us to come together, not only sports fans. Eric Legrand joining us right now. Um, those first few days when, and granted, these are much different injuries, I understand that, but those first few days, um, we saw DeMar's mother came, come down out of the stands last night. We saw the same thing happen with you back then. I'm just kind of wondering, knowing what you would know now, what you would tell that family and what they're going through to try to help them navigate these days. Uh, from what I've spoken with with my mom and my family, my teammates and friends, honestly, the only thing is going to be able to lean on each other. There's no, there's no words that are going to be said that's going to help you feel better in these moments. You just keep on praying and you keep on hoping that everything will be okay. You lean on each other. You show support for each other. If somebody needs something, you're there for them. But in these moments that are right after this injury, all you can do is just hope, wait, and pray that, you know, that there will be a better outcome and things will be okay. And obviously with my mom, it was a few hours after my injury where they pulled her into the, into the room and said, your son has crashed with his C3, C4 vertebrae. He'll be paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of his life. He'll never walk again, never breathe on his own never eat solid food, so my mom was completely devastated. But the thing that gave her hope, she said, is when she saw me before I went into surgery. And I still say it must have been an adrenaline flowing from the game, but I said, I'll be back. And I, I vaguely remember it, but it said it motivated her and it helped her knowing that I was already fighting. That helped her get through those first few days and those moments. Eric, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for popping on for a few minutes, and I know it's got to be especially uh, difficult for you to see that happen, but also how much it means to you. Absolutely. And I appreciate you guys. Let me just share a few of my experiences with it. It's just never an easy situation. And, you know, all my best to DeMar and his family and everyone just around that whole situation. Eric Legrand, former Rutgers football player, who of course was injured 12 years ago and uh, had a similar just moment around what we saw last night. And, um, just hearing him speak about what that's like when you're lying in that situation and people are trying to help you because at one point they say that DeMar was awake mm -hmm. and after they were able to bring his heart back. Yeah, and it's just one of those situations, Carlin. You can't imagine the range of emotions that are going through his family's mind, his teammates' minds. We saw the physical response from it, but it was one of those things where all football fans – and players alike were united in solidarity and wanting the best for DeMar.